We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Good morning, John. John, I'm on you... mute. Yes, John, can you hear me? Now I can. Now, now that I've unmuted myself, how are you? I'm good. How was your vacation? Um, I mean, you know, it was, it was, I guess it was technically a vacation. Um, okay. How was a week not at your house? How about it was that? nice. It was it really was nice. nice. It was really there nice you to, go. To not be at my house for, for a week. Um, did you finish the puzzle? Yeah, I did. Good. Um, I'll have a I'll pop a picture in the newsletter on Monday. But I did. It, well, I finished it, but I feel disingenuous saying that because I don't know if you saw the the, the puzzle. It's um, it's a lot of water and a lot of sky, and I would say the last I don't know maybe seventy five eighty pieces. I was just popping stuff in like. Maybe it was water, maybe it was sky. I don't really know, um, but it the pieces kind of fit. And it, if you like looked at it very quickly, you're like, oh yeah, that's a perfectly completed puzzle. But I, I do better. So I, I felt like it wouldn't puzzles don't work if the pieces don't go. Like you make it seem like you shoved sky into where water goes, and so water where sky goes. No, here. So again, not to because I'm sure this is what people came. This to, is to hear. the banter that you have at the beginning of the green room, John. It's okay, I promise. Um, so part of the challenge of this puzzle is unlike pretty much I think every other puzzle I've ever done, um, the pieces were all essentially the exact same shape. Well, I shouldn't say the exact same shape, but they all had like the basic format of the shape. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, human beings all have, well, most human beings have two, two arms, two legs, a head. Um, all of these pieces had like the two little things that jut from the top and the bottom, and then the part on the sides where those other part of piece goes into. As opposed to many puzzles, you have, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going into detail on this. It's there are many other puzzles. You have pieces that are like, you know, you have like four or five or six unique piece sorts. Um, that was not this puzzle. So if I had been dealing with that, then I certainly would have been able to do a much better job getting the exact pieces in the exact spaces where they went. But I did. That was not the situation. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why John is such a perfectionist that you literally broke down this puzzle and how your performance was with it. 
and like I could do better. I could do this, and like no, like you completed the puzzle. Like mission accomplished. Good job. Well, again, I'll, I'll take some. And you're terrible at taking credit. So any <laughs> any good job that I give you right now um, is not going to work. Uh, anyway. Were you able to, like, did you detach at all? Like, we'll get to some speaker requests in a second, but I know we had talked about, which I I found it difficult because it seemed, cause I told you when I went away to Boston that yeah. I was going to delete Twitter from my phone and just kind of not be on the internet. And like day one, the uh, details of the contracts are announced. And then day two, like, the the Knicks are playing the Hawks on Christmas Day, and I've been trying to catch up on some of the news that I missed this week. Um, oh, hi! Uh, don't don't mind her. I'm just putting on an, an outfit. Which, but she, <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, um, I, I've been catching up on the news this week, and it seems like we are in the dog days of summer, which is the reason for the title of this room, but. Um, you know, well, I, hopefully I don't. We don't have many uh, big uh, news dumps for the rest of the summer. I don't think they will. At I least, I don't um, think we're going to get anything else. Um, honestly, well, the schedule was the last big one. Like the only yeah. other big thing I could think of is like a big trade. Which I, the way the extensions are happening, I don't think any big trades are happening. I mean, we might get a I mean, Mitch extension. That's the only thing I could think of. Is a Mitch extension. Uh, I'm honestly, at this point, like from from my understanding, and this is, and when I say my understanding, this is literally from just like listening to other people who, like the they, their full time job is a job in the NBA media, talk about like this time of year. Oh, come on, it's okay. Um, is that this is basically the time of the year when like, you know, executives take their vacation, you know, media take their vacation, like everybody takes mm-hmm. their vacation. Like you can't. You know, and and obviously it's you know people still have phones and whatnot, but I don't know. I kind of think for the next month or so we're gonna. It's this is you know this is going to be it. And to answer your question in terms of detaching, I did. Um, I finished my substantive writing for the week on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So other than like doing like the news and notes sections of the newsletter. I didn't really have anything that I had to write on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then I, of course, was up at 6 o'clock this morning working on um, stuff for next week. But, like, having those three days um, completely off. And we obviously we didn't have any podcasts those days either. So that was um, – that was <laughs> Yeah, a little, little behind the scenes, everybody. The two shows that you heard this week were recorded significantly earlier than they were originally uh, aired. So – um, I was good to detach and to wrap up this scintillating open with some weather talk. It is actually fitting that we ended our vacations when they did. Oh, hi. We have a third co-host this morning. It seems. She's, she's, she's very tired. I'm actually going to take her for a walk around the block and we're going to, we're going to do a little nap time while I'm doing the, uh, the old green room here. Great. Um, uh, apparently we're you left the uh you left the Hamptons and I left uh, Boston just in time for um this this hurricane to to come down on us so um we'll see guys welcome to our Saturday morning uh locker room uh, excuse me green room live stream we do this every Saturday um I'm not sure how much of the summer we might take a bit of a break we haven't fully nailed down the details but um, thank you for tuning in for a little earlier edition of the Saturday morning live stream. Um, and uh, the rules are simple. If you have background noise, please mute your mic. John is demonstrating the rules actually as, at the moment. If you have some noise, please just mute your mic when you're not talking. Uh, we're going to try and get as many people up here as possible and stick around here for about an hour. Please do not get offended if we bump you after five or six, seven minutes um, so, so we can give everybody equal time. Uh, I'm going to bring the first person up just in case John isn't ready. Let's do it. No, and, I'm here. Oh, John is here. Let's do this. I, I listen, I'm, 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 I'm here. I'm not going to. Multitasking anywhere. as always. Let's do this. Uh, Cameron, welcome to the stage, sir. Hello, Cameron. How are you? Cameron, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How's it going, guys? I'm good. <laughs> How are you, Cameron? Good. I just want to say, huge fan 
Um, I have been listening really since the start of last season, and you guys are great. You guys are awesome. Um, Thank you. So I really appreciate the work you guys do. Um, I haven't been able to be on a green room because I am very much still in college and very much like to sleep in on the weekends. So <laughs> these these 10 a.m. green rooms are uh, not not cutting it for me, really. But Enjoy the sleeping in while you can because that shit ends – well, I'm not going to say it ends like right after college, It'll, but it, it it will end at some point, I promise. Okay, well, so then I unfortunately I'm not going to be able to come on these much more because, uh, yes, I will enjoy it as much as hold I can. Hold on, anyway. hold on. Cam, I have a question. First of all, what college do you go to? I go to uh, University of Richmond. Oh, oh, the Spiders! Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Very I, nice. So is Danny Rocco the, still the head football coach there? Absolutely no idea. Couldn't no tell idea. you. Okay. Yeah. That's, wait, hold on. We, 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 we're more of a basketball school. Well, okay. Go ahead, Dan. That John White. so hard because if you put a gun to my head and asked me who the coach of the football team was at Florida while I was there, I would have had the exact same response. Fair. No when, idea. So when yeah. I was at Liberty, our football coach left us for Richmond. Um. So I, that was always a thing. Anyway, congrats on being in the middle of Virginia. Um, the second thing, what is sleep? Like you said, you like to sleep in, and you came to the nine a.m. green room. Okay, let's see. I knew. I thought someone was going to ask me this. Um, basically, I mean, if there are any kids, you know, cover your ears. But I got. I had a fun night last night. Um, oh, okay. To so the you're point. in college, yes. Right. So. <laughs> Basically, barely slept and couldn't really fall asleep. And I'm like, hey, green room's on? Look, I can jump on now. Let's go. I'm having a little bit of Chick-fil-A this morning. Got it delivered. You know how it is. So we're rolling. Awesome. Well, just so you know, for moving forward, like uh, like Andrew said, we may take a little break from these. But we're going to try to switch up the times a little bit. So you should be uh, in, in luck at some point. Anyway, what's uh, what's what's on your mind? Cool. Um, so I wanted to talk about... I mean, I've had, like, so many questions prepared, but I guess the one that is most relevant right now is there was a tweet from Seth Partnow a few days ago um, basically saying that if if he's running a team and it's a championship contender for next season, he would rather have Alex Caruso than R.J. Barrett. Yes. And um, it got people really riled up. There were some takes on it that – like pretty interesting takes on it that weren't basketball related. Um, and I wanted to get your guys thoughts on that. I uh, fully agree with him actually um, because, and I can, I'm sure we'll have similar reasoning, um, but uh, people were really upset about it. And listen, I love RJ, but I don't think he's good enough at any one thing right now to be a better contributor or role player type than Alex Caruso. And he also can't, be a non-role player because he's not good enough yet to be a star like that. So, uh, what do you get? So, yeah, so I, I actually like. I think I fall in the in the middle of this discussion because if you have been listening to the pods since before last season, you'll know that I think at least among Nick content creators, um, I'm on the harsher side, or I have been on the harsher side when it when it comes to RJ and I started to change my tune this year because for the first time like I didn't think I just thought, I thought it was bad last year um like not last season like his, his rookie season I keep referring to the I have to start referring to this past season as last season um like he was he was really bad as a rookie um you'll notice that I'm the one person who never once argued that he should have made the all-rookie team because I didn't Think of, like yeah, whatever he could have. It didn't really matter to me. Um, and then this season, I started to change my tune because I felt like <sighs> there were significant stretches of the year where he looked to the part of a guy who could be, you know, I don't know, third best. We, we, we go back and forth with these things. Like what? What is he? Whatever. A, a, a significantly important ball dominant, or, or, or maybe not ball dominant piece on a on a contending team, but somebody who had the ball a lot. Um, and those stretches were interspersed with other stretches where he was not really good on the ball. Um, but the consistent part throughout the entire season was his, his shooting and after the first 10 games. And I guess where I dis- – here's my disagreement with, with Parnow, and this is not my point. This, I think, was get brought up by Ben, uh, ben Ritholtz over at the Strickland, which is that 
RJ was asked or told or whatever to do a lot of stuff on the ball this year. He was not efficient at those things other than, like I said, a couple of stretches of, of games. And we remember those stretches, but for the most part, he was not terribly efficient, you know, still at the rim, you know, as a driver uh, from the mid range, Um, you know, the assist rate went up a little bit. It wasn't, it wasn't a ton, but that's what he was asked to do because this organization, I think we all believe has an incentive to, try to make him, you know, their, whether it's their version of Jalen Brown, whether it's their version, like a guy who has the ball in his hands. And that is not going to look pretty all the time for a 20-year-old. So again, back to the point that, that Ben made on Twitter, which is that what would RJ have looked like this season if they were just like, all your, like, you're not going to handle the ball at all. Like you're going to be McCal Bridges. We're going to make you our McCal Bridges. And you're going to focus all your attention on the defensive end you know, um, expel all your energy there um, as opposed to what happened this year, which was Bullock usually took the the, the assignment. Like, basically, what if they asked R.J. Barrett to be Reggie Bullock and be what Reggie Bullock was for the Knicks this year? Shoot even more threes, um, defend the opposing team's best wing, you know, maybe do some more cutting, um, maybe play him up a position a little bit so he sneaks in there for more offensive rebounds. Like, how much more efficient and, stati- and, and and advanced statistically friendly would that player have been? And where does that player compare then to Alex Caruso? Because to me, that's where the argument falls flat. I don't know how you feel about it or how everybody else in the green room feels about it, but right. that was my that was my big take. So you you're basically saying if we if we adjust the roles to be equal somewhat. Um, how would they look? And I still think I would take Caruso um, over RJ last year. I do. And like, I think R- it's different to say I think RJ is a better player than Alex Caruso because I do think he is a better player overall. But that doesn't mean his role on a good team is more impactful. But like, well, but like you said, if he, if he were to be in that Reggie Bullock role, I still probably would take – Alex Caruso, or I mean, Caruso is just one example, but you know what I mean? It could be anyone, but I, yeah, no, you know, I, I mean, take a lot of guys I mean, over RJ. I mean, you're comparing, you're comparing basically what do they do off the ball? How are they from three? And what do they do on defense? I would argue that RJ right now is a better, maybe again, maybe not that he's performed better defensively than Caruso last year, but, but that's only because this is a guy who's played who played the second most minutes in the league and because he's expending a lot of energy on the offensive end I would have loved to see the version of RJ Barrett who could have dedicated all of his energy or more of his energy to to defense and the other part of it and this is like and this is really what this conversation comes down to and it's not a question it's not a, something I have a good answer to but it is something I spend a lot of time thinking about what is the value on a team like specifically like the Knicks last year who had, after Julius Randle and then Derrick Rose once they got him, but again, they only had Derrick Rose for 35 games. What is the value of having someone like an R.J. Barrett who, you know, it's like a baseball innings eater. He's going to sop up innings. He's going to sop up right. the right. Or the, Like, you know, it's like a late career Al Leiter. Was Al Leiter a good pitcher towards the end of his career? No. I remember watching him go out there at Yankee Stadium and, you know, pitch – four and a third innings of, you know, 115 pitches and maybe give up like two runs. Is that what you want? No, ideally it's not what you want. But you know what? On this year's version of the Knicks, with the paucity of talent that they had on the ball and the guys who were able to do stuff with the ball, they needed RJ to be that guy. And without him being that guy, honestly, there would have been a lot worse. Well, I should be maybe a lot worse, but they would have been worse. And I, I think that role was – was and Alex Caruso can't do that. He's never going to be able to do that, mm-hmm. um, which then gets into the other part of the conversation, which I know part now was not – that this was not what his, he was saying. But the conversation about these two guys as NBA players last season is a very different conversation about these guys as assets moving forward, which obviously that's – I hope he's not saying that like – He'd rather have Alex Caruso for the next five years than R.J. Barrett, but who the hell knows? I, I, I'm not privy to his, his thinking. So that's that's what I would say on it. Yeah, no, that's I, – I agree. I get it. He, we need a guy like that. Like certain teams need a player to just like fill that role of being like just 
sopping up possessions. I get it. Um, and I, I'll, it's funny, like, I'll be the first to say, like, I'm not the biggest RJ guy. And I've heard, um, I think I've heard guys on the Strickland be like, what's his, you know, what's his ceiling? Like, six time also? Are we cool with that? And they say it so nonchalantly. They say it so nonchalantly. And I'm like, are you kidding? You've heard my, six time, you've Jimmy heard Butler's a six time right? all-star. Like, is he going to be Jimmy Butler? My over under is, is two and a half, which I think is being pretty, pretty generous. But he would, I, I, he would be a great player if he makes two all-star games. Like Kemba Walker's made like two all-star games. Like it's well, insane. Kemba's made four. No, two, I mean, look, two, two's really, two's really good. Like the, the guy I always go back to, is Michael Finley. Michael Finley made two All-Star teams. Michael Finley sure. was the third best player on – was he the third best player on, on that? At, he was definitely the third best player or the, like, 2.5 best player on a team that could have won the title. I forget if he actually was. I don't think he was a run title team. He was um, not. He was not, right? Um, but, like, Michael Finley is, like <laughs> – He's a really fucking good player. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, Michael Finley got an MVP vote or two over the course of his career. Like, if that's what R.J. Barrett is, like, my God, where do I sign up for it? Um, and who knows? Maybe we'll both look stupid someday, and he does make his six all-star teams, and everybody can rub it on our faces. But, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting fucking ratioed in these comments, so I think this is where I should probably uh, tap out and say, uh, you know what? I guess we. I love RJ. All power to him. But um, I'm a little lower. And thank you guys for the time. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks. By for, the way, for putting it out by there. the way, Cameron Russ yeah. Huseman is the head football coach at Richmond. Now it's not Dan. That, that's my contribution to this conversation. Good. Good to know. I guess. Yeah, so. And yet. now I know who the, our football coach is. I guess. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank uh, you, a, thank a, you. A, a good principle for life. Just ignore the comment section. Don't worry. Thank you for the call today, Cam. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Um. Wow, John, you met your uh your your uh co-host commenter. Cam really like spoke to your soul with the no, RJ hate. I, I see it. I, listen, he spoke to my soul more last last year than this year. This year, I mean, again, I all the all the times I went on the post games and was like, this kid is different. It's because I believe this kid is different, and I believe he has something in him that will push him past what his skill level showed us he was after his rookie year, which frankly, and I did all the statistical deep dives on players who have had statistically similar seasons as, as rookies. So I, and, and I'm a believer that he will push past that and become a star. I believe that, but me, I, I, I guess maybe where I disagree with people is if to me, if RJ Barrett makes two all-star teams or three all-star teams, like my God, that, what else do you want from a third pick? Like, there are very few, you know, if you're a six-time All-Star, you're a Hall of Famer. I, you know, that, there's not too many of those guys out there. That's all. I will I will let the RJ Hive come after you later today. Um, That's fine. Next up here on Spotify Green Room, Mr. Justin Richards. Welcome to this. Yeah, sorry, I was muted for a sec. Uh, yeah. How's everyone doing today? John, you good? You can hear me, John? Yeah. Justin, how you doing, man? I'm good. All right, I'm good. I'm good, Andrew. No, it's it's, it's appropriate because I'm go. It's, it's apparently this is gonna be a really RJ centric conversation. So I, oh, guess it's good go. that, I guess it's good that John's muted now. Um, so actually, <laughs> I had a um, I had a point uh, about not about the article, but I forgot which. I think it was your guys' Monday pod where I think you guys were talking about the contracts and um. I think John kind of threw out like what RJ might sign for next season. Yes, yes. And I think we all I was a guess. Yeah, I was a little, I was a little low, admittedly. A little. You said Lonzo's contract. Yes. Yeah, like well, I think I think John was more talking about he getting five for ninety. I think that was that was the exact um, number. I did. I, if I if I said five for ninety, well, maybe that was that was bandied about. Let me let me just state for the record. I think if I was to set the line. Right now, on what the extension will be, um, I think it's. I, I, I think I would. I would probably go back on what I said earlier because one, um, I wasn't thinking straight, and I was thinking like, wait, Lonzo only signed for four years. RJ could sign for five. Um, so really, it wouldn't have been four for uh, eighty-four. It would have been five for one hundred five. 
And I think I would probably push that to five for 120 if I had to say right now. Yeah, because that, that's actually what I was going to say was like, if we all sit here, we think, because Bridges can sign, what, next year? Or Bridges could sign this year, as can uh, DeAndre Ayton, um, as okay. can Michael Porter Jr., as can yeah. a few. So we don't. So obviously, I, I don't think they can, they can't sign up until the eight. Well, the eighteenth of October is the deadline. So maybe they get signed. Maybe they wait. We don't know yet. As can uh, as just real quick. As can Kevin Knox. Important yes, addition to the conversation. Signing up. What, what are we talking? Uh, Four for sixty for coming down the coming down the news news pike any any minute now. Four for sixty. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Um, that's kind of a low offer for us. Anyway, um, <laughs> so my my point is, what I was going to say is like to to that, and obviously John just just went back on it a little bit, but it's like if he sees Mikel Bridges get five for a hundred, which I mean I don't think that's crazy for us to think that Mikel Bridges can get five for a hundred million dollars. I think if that's we give minimum. him five for nine, he's going to throw it back in our face. Yeah, like, I oh, better play. He's going to whether or not we agree with that or not. Like obviously Cam stayed up too late and thinks he's not good, but like. He's he's not going to take five for ninety if if we offer that to him. Like for me personally, if we think he's going to make this type of improvement next season, and I, I go back to the fact that I understand that he was bad his rookie year, much better this year, but the talent around him was so bad his rookie year, and granted Peyton, but the amount of stuff that he was able to do this year to me shows, and if he improves. In any like on the finishing, the free throws, anything, and gets up to a twenty point per game score, the the league is handing out bags. Like I don't understand how he doesn't walk in because Zion's gonna get what one for eighty one, Jaws can get one for eighty one. How he's gonna ask for anything less? And you know I don't know if Nick fans are gonna be like super okay with him getting one for eighty one, but it's like to me that's. That's where he he's gonna start at, and like we're talking. I think the 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 bar is one fifty. Like, what's is it over one fifty or under one fifty? Because if, if I'm him, I'm like I'm not I'm not signing anything anything less than one. Like I'm a third pick in my draft. Like that matters. And well, he's gonna be on a team that we all think is gonna win. So why would he take anything less than that? Well, for one, I think so, – so the Randall thing is so interesting, right? So Randall signed for the most money that he could have signed for this offseason. Um, he is also a player that, as has been noted, uh, I believe by Andrew uh, several times, it broke his leg in his first NBA game. Um, has been incredibly healthy since then, but like – he, he has been through the emotional tumult of, holy shit, um, what, is my, what is my career going to be? Um, and so I, the reason I say that is Julius Randle is the unquestioned best player on the team, and he just took what everybody would agree is a discount. Does that set some sort of minor precedent for RJ? And again, I... I was wrong to throw out four for, for 84. That was, that was stupid. Um, however, I don't think it's stupid for me to suggest that he might sign for something like five for 125, which is that is to me where the conversation comes down to. Because you're right. RJ's people are going to go in and they're going to say, okay, great. We're the third pick in the draft. He's, he's going to average 20 points next year. You could write it down or whatever, 19, something like that. He's going to, you know, you're going to be able to look up his statistical um, benchmarks at the end of next season. And you're going to be able to say he's one of, you know, whatever, 35 players with X number of points and X number of rebounds and X number of assists. And he's played out of these games and this thing and other thing. And like his, his, his representation would be stupid to not go in and ask for a max. I think, I think that there's a chance the Knicks get him for, for less than that. And I, I, I'm not sure that that's me being anything other than naive. Um, but because I, I don't know that this organization, this, this, excuse me, this front office has shown a willingness to play hardball with players that they want to keep around. And I add that caveat at the end because I want to see what happens with Mitchell Robinson. Um, 
And I, I, I think if they want to keep RJ around for the next 10 years, they want to make him happy. But I just, man, I have a but, little bit of a tough time seeing a scenario where they just hand him over a contract that makes him a higher played player than Julius Randle. Well, yeah, that's fit. really, that's, sorry to cut you off. Like, yeah, that's, no, that's it. That's where, all I wanted to where say. Where the conversation that I want to start with, where it's like, all right, if we're assuming they're going to sign and trade for someone next offseason, that player's already making more than Randle. Right, it's either going to be Levine, Beal. That guy is already making more than yep. Randall. That's one guy. And then, I mean, RJ would ha- wouldn't have to to get under um, Randall's number. He's going to have to sign. He potentially is going to leave eighty million dollars on the table. Well, like Ra- it's five for a hundred. So Randall, anything Randall's- over than that, he's going to be over than Randall. But well, Ra- so Randall, if you include this year's salary. It works out with the bonuses, the five for one forty. Um, if I if I understand the the contract, the the next four years correctly, um, or the four years that were added on, excuse me. Um, so that's five for one forty is um, what is that twenty eight a year? It averages out. Yeah, Something yeah, like that. yeah. So I think if he comes in at twenty five a year, I think that keeps the pecking order, and I think that pecking order is important, by the way, because no, I agree, I, I definitely like, th- this shit matters to these guys. Like they may say it doesn't fuck it, that fucking matters more than anything. To, I mean, hopefully, winning a championship matters the most, but like they they talk about this shit. Um, well, that's so, why Steph Curry was like, "Look, I'm getting my bag after he who was he the 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 sixth highest paid player on his team when he won the title." And then uh, yeah. he's, he's the <laughs> yeah. first player to sign two $200 million contracts. Now, granted, yeah. like, Luca probably will beat that in 15 years, but, like, that's that matters. That's why I was, I was always like, Steph's going to get his bag every time he can because, like, he not screwed over $44 million, $44 million, but, like, like you said, like, that matters. And to me, I think, like, I really do wonder um, just in a, in a vacuum, like, how is that going to look in you know like two years if if and granted these are all ifs if he's making more than 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 uh randall and i don't know what's on rj's mind i don't know if like he thinks i live in new york i can make this money back um even though i don't necessarily agree with people saying like oh you make that money back in new york like all right go find the person making $80 million in sponsorship not named LeBron. Like, it's well, hard, to, hard to find. Yeah, but you know what? A, f- a few million dollars a year will buy you a lot of goodwill. Um, and also, the other the other side of this coin is like, at the end of the day, RJ's team needs to feel confident that they could find another team out there. I think that's what the heart of this question really is. His his team, and I mean, not his team, the Knicks, I mean his you know, whatever his Agency. whoever, yeah, his, whoever's advice. Bill Duffy, yeah, they, thank you, Bill, Bill Duffy, who's been around the block a few times, by the way. Um, they need to know that there is someone out there, you know, willing to do this. And like, I I don't know how honestly to. I haven't spent enough time thinking about it. I don't know how to read how this summer's restricted free agent market played out, or quite frankly, is still playing out. Um, you know, hi to Laurie Market and wherever he is. Um, like I don't know how to read that in terms of like the effect that it'll have on future summers, specifically where restricted free agency is concerned. But like, if you're asking me right now, is there a chance that there's not a team anywhere in the league who would be willing to offer RJ a, f- a full four year max? I do think that there is a chance that no one would be willing to do that. Um, maybe that's completely asinine of me to even put that out there because teams are desperate for talent and they'll take a chance on a guy even if he shows some flaws. Uh, but I think it's at least a conversation. So if that is a conversation, then does RJ look at that five for 125 and say, okay, you know what, this is, this is not nothing. I, I, I feel okay about this. Yes. Okay. And um, last, this is my like last point that we can boot off. Um, so I, I've like we already talked about before. Like I'm pretty excited for the season. I'm happy that they got a bunch of nationally TV- televised games. Um, I do think that's really important uh, for them. Uh, do we have any idea what the record 
is going to be or necessarily the seed of the team because I'm for me personally I'm very like uh not I'm not pessimistic but like I try to like go all right what's the best case scenario what's the worst case scenario and what's the middle like what's kind of in the middle for me the thing that I can't shake is um I have no idea what to do with Philly like I I there there's a part of me that thinks that they are going to go into the season with Ben Simmons and it's going to be a train wreck and they and that is going to screw them because you know Embiid's missing 20 games minimum and like they need to figure out what to do with this guy and I don't know what where he's going anymore so I can see them being like 6 I can also see them being first just cuz I can't put them anywhere but to end the babbling, I, me personally, I think the Knicks are going to be fifth just based on the fact that I just think they're going to be able to, while I understand the um, defense might take a step back, I just feel like there's going to be so many teams that are just going to be bad, like really, really, really bad in the East particularly, even though you know I think Detroit and Cleveland might give a fighter's chance in the beginning there's just too many bad teams for me to think that they're not going to be able to stack up some wins. And the fact that they essentially went 0-9 against Brooklyn, Philly, and Miami last year, if they just win three of those games combined, to me that makes them a significantly higher seed, potentially, um, than what we projected as. So that, that's that's my last point. Good uh Good stuff as always, Justin. I'll answer this one very quickly because I'm sure I'm going to have a column on it um, at some point. Um, I think the ceiling is 50 wins. I think the floor is probably 35. Um, I'll go a little bit higher than the difference between those two. I'll, I'll probably wind up saying that 45, 46 wins for them. Um, I think they get to like a, a four seed again if Kemba looks like you know, whatever you want to say, the guy who was in Boston two years ago, the guy who averaged like, you know, 30 a game over a 10 game stretch towards the end of this year in Boston. If that's the version of Kemba we get, then yeah, I think there's a chance this team wins 50 games. So to tease it, we have a Patreon episode this week where you will go into the different tiers in the NBA and rank all 30 teams uh, I recommend anybody interested in listening to that sign up for at least our mellow tier and hear what's the where the Knicks fall on that list because I think it ended up being a very good conversation, a very fair one at I, the same time. Speaking of fair, I thought we were going to be low on the Knicks after that pod, and then I happened to browse because the person whose house I was staying at this week gets uh, the post and the Daily News delivered, and they both did – uh, the same thing that we did. They ranked all, all 30 teams and, and what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, unless I'm, I, I know one of them did. I, I'm pretty certain I saw the other one somewhere. Maybe it was in the other paper. But in any case, I think everybody, like all of them, have the Knicks like right around where we had them um, or even a little lower. So I think we were pretty fair. Yeah, their Vegas over-under is 40 and a half right now, which I – I don't want to get too into it because we got more people to come up. And again, there's a Patreon episode on this. I I don't disagree with that being around the range, but I probably would take the over is my simple couple word answer on it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next to the stage, Mr. Jason Meredith, you are on with me and John. How are you, sir? Good, good. You know, I, I come into this every day, and I'm like, I don't really have anything to talk about, but let me hear the first few callers, and I'm sure I'll have something to talk and about. And there it is. <laughs> John, I got to say, go. just because you have a bad take and it gets exposed, you don't have to hold on to that bad take. You are way, 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 way too low on R.J. Barrett. I, maybe I am. I don't know. Way too low. I mean, you're talking about him like if he's like, like if he's like some rookie or something that that we don't even know anything about. You're like, oh, some team might bet on his potential. What do you mean? If he were a free agent in two years, he's getting the max from from like five or six teams easily. Well, my my justification is pretty simple. It's the NBA, as was alluded to by the first caller is there are two types of players. There are players that you you pay for what they do on the ball, and then there's everybody else. And RJ, hopefully, becomes a guy that is a, an efficient on-ball scorer. Um, and what my, my, the reason why I'm not at six All-Stars Hall of Fame yet is because we where his efficiency is at right now, we have a long way to go in terms of his overall game inside the arc. Um, I think it's going to get there. I, I fully believe it's going to get there, but I just it's the type of thing where I need to see it first. Um, right, John, what you're doing, John, is why a lot of people hate analytics. You're using analytics wrong. It's how many times does the ball go in the hoop? That's not analytics. That's no, not you're analytics. talking about his you efficiency with it when he has the ball versus when he doesn't have the ball. And you're using analytics wrong. Okay, RJ Barrett took insane leaps last year, and he's still he playing on a team with bad spacing. Uh, I don't know if I would say a team that finished. I mean, second how many times? Right, I wasn't the biggest. I was actually probably the least. Alfred Payton hater on Twitter just because I thought everyone blamed Alfred Payton too much. But how many of those minutes were Alfred? There was a lot, but but again, the Knicks were really quite efficient from from three last year. And by the way, a lot of that was RJ. Yeah, Payton. on low volume though, John. We were like one of the lowest shooting three points. See, I can use analytics too. We're yes. on low volume. It, it absolutely, and that's one of the reasons why I like what they did this offseason, But I digress. Um, it, look, it's 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 very simple for me. He. I need to see him get better at the things that he is has already implicitly acknowledged through his trainer because his trainer has said these are the things that we're going to work on moving forward. Off the dribble shooting from the perimeter and wiggle and finishing, wiggle getting to the rim and then finishing at the rim. Those are three areas of RJ's game that are either non-existent right now in terms of Austin Dribble um, three-point shooting with all the respect to the couple of shots that he hit for Team Canada, which I was extraordinarily encouraged by. Um, and then the wiggle and the finishing at the rim, which right now I don't, I don't know how to say it. It's, it's not good. Um, he gets there, you know, he gets there a lot, which is, I, again, I love that. And I pointed that out many times. And with the work ethic and the stuff that we already have, it's why I believe – he is going to become a multi-time all-star. But I guess, I don't know. Am, am I, I don't know how you say you're low on someone if you predict that they're going to make multiple all-star teams. It's really freaking John, hard John, to make an all-star team. John, he can make the all-star team next year, potentially. Uh, 
listen. That's I mean, he's not that far off. You're saying ha, huh, but if you think about it, he's not that if far he, off. If he does that, I mean, look, the, until the last two, maybe three weeks before the voting was done or before the game was played, there was like a real thought that Julius Randle was not going to make the All-Star team. I still remember listening to – I'm, I'm literally walking the same route that I was walking the day that I listened to this podcast. When Windhorst had on, it was Bond Temps, and it was, I think, two other guys. And they went through their – it was their first, like, major, like, okay, who might make the All-Star team conversation? And they had the sure things. They had the guys who were probably going to make it. They had the guys who were in contention for the last spots. And then they had group number four which was like players, eh, in their estimation at the time, 17 through 25 in the Eastern Conference. And Randall was in that group. And I do not think that they were in the minority in terms of where they ranked him. And that's because despite the numbers that Julius Randall was putting out, and by the way, he was arguably hotter in the beginning of last season than the end, it is really, really, really hard to get in the conversation of the best 30 players in the league at any given time. Uh, I, I just it, it's it's not me being down on RJ. It's me having an immense amount of respect for the other players that exist in this league. That's what it is. All right. Let me let me jump in here. So I'll just say this about the all-star conversation. because That's not really what I wanted to talk about. You know, RJ Barrett's a second year player, right? Because it sounds like the way you talk about him, like he's been in the league for like eight years and you're like, and he has to improve on these things, and like I don't think he's going to be able to do it. Like, like he's, I, he's, he's no. played for so long. This is kind of what he is. He is. I no, I do think he's going to be able to do it. I just, I literally just said I think he's going to be able to do it, which is why I think he's going. Because if I here's the thing, if I didn't think he was going to improve, then this would be a very, very different conversation in terms of what I what I expect. So then, why do you think that 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 if a team were to offer him a max, that would be betting on potential? When when he, he it's, it's two years away from now. So if he, a team were to offer so him a, within so two years, you don't think he would be good enough to get a max just off of how good. We're, so we're so we're getting not getting semantics. So then, uh, let me rephrase that. If if he makes the kind of jump that you're saying he will, and it's generally kind of normal for players as you know in their third and fourth year, John. It's not like we're talking about players who's twenty six years old. Yeah. I, I don't know that saying that someone's going to make a jump to all-star level after their second year is something that we should ever expect. Um, I mean, did you see how big the jump was unless, after unless, his first year? I mean, I, I don't understand. Like, again, I just think you're limiting him so easily. It's ridiculous. But my point that I was going to say, and this is what I really want to get at, because it's not about the all-star conversation. The point that I want to say is about his next contract. That's what I wanted yeah. to talk about. Right, he's going to get... If he, if if his if his owners agents want to be nice with the Knicks and say hey you know we'll work on a deal but we'll come in a little under the max, but he's going to get close to the max, and I don't understand how you can even think that he will get. I don't, and I understand that you're going to say oh well Julius got less. Well that was what Julius decided to do. If you think every player is going to say I have to come in under Julius because Julius decided that he didn't want to bet on himself and wait till that way he could try to get two hundred million. Doesn't mean that every other player has to do that. Now he might, yeah, they might, he might take a deal where he's like, like I said, they might work with the Knicks and, and come out. But if if they're gonna work with the Knicks and and, and come out with a number that's lower, the Knicks are gonna have to say the reason why we need to come out with a number that's lower is because we're gonna do X, Y, and Z with the rest of this cap space that brings in player X to help you win a championship, not well, just, uh, just give back the money just so we can be nice to you because well, that's you know, why Julius did it. That's. No, but also that's the most Julius could have got. Okay, so it's not like Julius said, I, I, "I'm going to take less than I can get." Yes, but he also I, look. We're we're going back and forth on the same thing. He could have waited. the The point is part of the alleged fact uh, consideration for Randall signing now is to give the Knicks more flexibility moving forward. And I think RJ um, doing this. And listen, this is not without precedent, by the way. Clay Thompson. Um, it seems like forever ago now. But his first extension, I, I've, if I recall correctly, and I, I'm pretty sure I do, his number came in at what the max was then, but he did not sign a max contract, which is very, which is two different things because when you sign a max contract, obviously your, your salary goes up with, with raises. The contract that Clay Thompson signed at the time he signed it was it, it was just like they set the numbers in stone. It was not a percentage of the cap. Um, it didn't have eight percent raise increases, right? Is that what you mean? Well, the max you could get is eight percent raises, but the the when you sign a max contract, you're signing for a, a percentage 
of the cap. The, the point is, Thompson was at the time, I think, look, if, if after year three, RJ is on Clay Thompson's level, I think we should all be, you know, um, doing dances. Right, I have in the a question street. for you, John. Outside of Clay Thompson, how many players has actually done that? Well, Giannis did it. I, there's been others. Yeah, but few um, far between. So I mean, look, I hope he, like I said, I no, think there's rare. a chance that it's he rare. might work with the Knicks. But this idea that he's gonna like come in way under that and like way under, that's not gonna happen. Not when, not when John Morant and Zion are getting four, five years, one hundred and eighty million or whatever the max is. Well, look. Um, and and I, let's I, be honest, I, John Morant hasn't made an All Star team yet either. No, he hasn't. But that's. I, I know. I think he's going to make one this year, but I'm just saying, like, I, you know. I very much hope that we are having a conversation a year from now in which we are putting R.J. Barrett into the exact same conversation as, well, as John Just you know, John, we were actually having that conversation this year because there was a – when the Knicks beat the Grizzlies twice, John Morant was playing fucking terrible. And the, he got he came back and started playing great around the playoff times again. But just remember that. Like, that's I why I say these conversations, like, you're, you're making it seem like if R.J.'s, like, I, I don't I, think you realize how good he is, like, and how good I, he is as a second-year player. Like that doesn't happen. You don't become this good as a second-year player, and then all of a sudden, you you never become, you never get better. Like that doesn't that doesn't happen. He's twenty-one years old. He got a lot better. I think he's going to get even better from here. Um, I think it's just the beginning for him, and I'm excited to see everything that comes. Um, it's just again, max contract players. Guys who make the All Star team, these are these are the top, 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 top of the league. Um, I hope he gets there, and if he does, and if he makes four or five, six, seven All Star teams, boy, will there be all kinds of egg on my face, and will I be the first person to uh, take a picture of myself with said egg on face and disseminate it. Uh, I hope uh, I'm going to leave now, but I hope Schwinn comes on this pod so he can argue with you about this. <laughs> I, I hope right, he does. Jason, thank <laughs> Were people waiting a whole week just to yell at you about suggesting the Lonjo contract? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I, I mean, it's, it's possible. Um, um, uh, what's going to be hilarious is if, like, is at some point next season, um, like, say he does make the All-Star team next year, and then they extend him for like one a five, five one fifty, so it's right in the middle of this max or what we suggested, and so we're all right technically, you know. Um, wow, people came here with the heat this morning. Okay, oh, next well, up, let me. Let Go me ahead. What's it, up, John? It, it no, it didn't. It didn't come up explicitly in the conversation, but let me just say, if he makes the All Star team next year, he's he, he'll get them. He's getting the max. I mean, that's well. That's the thing is, all of this is based off of. And listen, this is where. Working with you for so you've made it like you're a numbers guy. You're a precedent. What's already happened, guy, and like I. That's why I I always tend to respect and agree with most of your things. But sometimes the ability to project is where people come in, come at you with actually no, this is what's going to happen. It's like all right, well, we'll see what happens, and then I will react when it happens, and. I don't know. There's two different ways to react to, to, to sports like that, you know? Um, anyway, next up into the chat. Uh, I think Mellow's here. And this is the same Mellow that lit our chat on fire last week with that Miles Turner rumor, correct? Oh, is it? Okay. I think. I don't know. We're what's good, fellas? What's good? What's good? What's good? good what's morning, up, Mellow? How are you? What's I'm all right. On? I'm all right, Andrew. What's good, Macri? Hope you guys stay safe during the hurricane. You know, Thank nothing you. bad happens. Yes. Uh, and yeah. Um, so, guys, I had two questions. Like, Macri, I, I'm not even going to discuss the RJ thing. I'm not even going to bother. It's been too long. Like, we've been talking about this for 20 minutes. Like, I'm sorry. It's done. Like, <laughs> You're fine. good. Thank you. But I disagree with whatever Macri say. But I'm just not going to entertain it, right? I respect Macri. You know, I'm not going to entertain it. But my two but the two points I had, right? It's not really statistical. It's just attitude and perception of the team. So my first question was, um, obviously, like, we don't know these guys, right? Like, we don't know who these guys are as people. Like, we know we get a gist of them, but we don't know them personally, right? But what I get from looking from afar is that Kemba, 
Randall, RJ, Derrick Rose, Fournier, all these guys, they kind of have a similar personality in a way. You know what I mean? Like, they're all different, but they're all similar in a way. And I feel like Mitch doesn't really fit with that, right? Like, I don't think he really, like, like, when it comes to, like, you know how quickly and OB there in New York working out, they're doing all this, but Mitch isn't really doing that. Like, do you, Macri, do you think that, uh, like, the front office is taking that to taking that to account? And like, are they are they are they looking at that as well, or is it just me like over like overthinking this? Like, oh, like personalities, like they're different, obviously, but like, like they don't really matter. I was just that's one of my points, and my other point was um, about the whole Dwayne Bacon thing. Like, do you think they actually value him? Like, because he is twenty four, twenty five, right? Do you think they see something like, oh, maybe you can like spark something, something like Scott Perry probably wanted it, wanted him on the team or something like that. Those are my two points. I just wanted. To um, the ba- I'll address the bacon thing first. Um, I actually had bacon this week as I was on vacation. Oh, great! <laughs> it was it was quite good. Um, I think it's a it's a classic Perry pickup. Uh, high pedigree or high talent guy. Guy who can make shots hasn't worked out um, for a variety of reasons. I, I don't think it says anything other than hey, let's bring this kid in camp and see what he's got. Um, in terms of Mitch, I don't think they care what Mitch's personality is, I think my, my suspicion, which is not backed up by anything other than my own personal opinion, and I'm not getting this from anywhere. My own personal suspicion is that they look at maybe his decision-making um, and the people that he trusts and, and things of that nature and wonder, because like to be a true, I, and this, I, I hope I'm not, going too far out of a limb here, but to me, to be a truly great NBA player, like we've seen really talented guys fail because they just can't get their lives together. The difference with Mitch is like, again, from everything I understand about him, he's not someone that goes out. He's not someone that parties. He's not someone that drinks. He's not someone that like gets into bad shit. He's just immature. So like, if you think that immaturity isn't that big of a deal and that he's just going to grow out of it and he can still do what he does on the court, then it's not a concern and it shouldn't be a concern. If, if you're asking me to say whether the Knicks, how big of a deal they think that is, I can't tell you. I honestly have no idea. All I know is what I see, and what I see is they had an opportunity to lock this kid up for the foreseeable future, and they had the ability to do so. And to them, they would rather venture out into the unknown, which is, you know what? He's going to be an unrestricted free agent here. Um, maybe we could reach an extension and maybe we, maybe, who knows, maybe we get news on a Mitch extension today. Um, and, uh, I would actually and, cry in a bad way. My grief get an extension for him. I'm not going to lie. I just don't value him that much. I just think well, centers I are, mean, like, I, sorry, sorry. Continue. Continue. Sorry. I don't want to cut you off. No, no. It's just, I, I think there's like, I was having this conversation in a text chain with, uh, Andrew and my buddies, Bernard and Yash yesterday where it's like you, it depends like your your valuation of the center position in the league today for a guy that fits Mitch's archetype is like, um, yeah, you may say you may say like the Robert Williams contract is fucking terrible. You may look at the Robert Williams contract and you may say, yeah, you know what, that's pretty good value for a guy who still has room to go. And yeah. you know, and you may say similar things about Mitch. Um, I, I think Mitch is a great player, and I think there was a really good thread um, from someone over at the Strickland this week. On Twitter, who like exploited a lot of the film and like showed yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it was actually yeah, really good. He, yeah, I think Ariel. Um, yeah. he could do like things you can't teach. He could do things that there's not five other centers in the league that could do, and that stuff that matters, especially when you're talking about how pick and roll coverage is the most important thing you could do on defense. Probably more important than switching, which he could do also um, as a vertical threat on offense. So like, you know, um, I, I I wish I had a better answer for your question. Um, but that's yeah, that's the best thing no, I can do. No, it's all good. It's just, it's just you know, like you know how like the, the whole, the whole thing about this whole season was we're getting guys that fit the culture, right? Even Randall talked about it too on the Woj Pod. Even later, like guys that do come, they're gonna try to fit the culture, right? So I feel like Campbell, Fournier, all these guys, like they're somewhat like they're different in their own way, but they're similar when it comes to personality, when it comes to working and stuff like that. I don't know, like how do I explain it? But um. Yeah, it was just on my mind. It's pretty good. The answer was pretty right. I don't have a problem with it. I just wanted to call, you know, check in with you guys. That's pretty much it. That's it. Yeah, no, it, it. We, we appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Um, Mello. And, uh, thank you, sir. No thank you as well. Be safe during the hurricane. Yeah, of course. Thank you, guys. Yes. Um, and on, on that note, man, this 
Andrew, this should talk about a show that went off the rails, right? I was not expecting to hear, have to hear you defend what I honestly didn't think much of, especially since you corrected yourself with the mellow, the, the RJ contract that five for 125, which was the contract Jeremy and I suggested in the first place. So if anything, all three of us are wrong. Um, I, you know, I, I had no idea this is how today was going to go. But you know, listen. That's what makes the green room. That's what makes the green room from. You never know. Um, on a, a down note, I, I my understanding from Andrew is we have a ton of people that call us line up. Um, I and I'm, oh, I already uh, I let the chat know. I let the chat know. We're well, good. Let me at least let me at least oh, as a person. Explain so my, away. My, go ahead. My daughter, my daughter's fifth uh, birthday party is today. She's doing some kind of gymnastics thing, and so I am now as I speak to you, sitting in a party city parking lot about to go pick up balloons, after which I have to run about five other errands and then um, get my wife and kids to this uh, gymnastics place somewhere in Mineola, I think. So I have to end things at the hour mark today. So I can't take any more callers. Um, but I definitely appreciate the energy. This was fun. Yes, yes. And I, I also apologies for committing you to this next Saturday, but um, we'll stay on a little longer next week. Although it seems like 9am worked, which yeah, no, I'm, I I'm fine. I'm fine. Work, but we'll, we'll stay on longer next week. So we can get as many people up here as possible um, yeah, and give will, everybody equal amount of time as well. I will absolutely do that because next weekend I will be, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say what it is yet. You know what it is. I'll be doing, I do. Um, I will be doing a menial task that I could, uh, do while engaging with callers that will take a very very long time so it's it works out for the best there you go um and just shout out to mensa in the chat married man uh who offered me uh his sympathies and his uh related empathy because he is apparently in this hell with me uh while on vacation getting the back-to-back alerts john i don't think you know this because it was the Mets and the Jets that it happened to, but that Carl Lawson tore his Achilles, and that I'm aware Jacob of that. De- that Jacob Degrom is shut down for the year. Oh, um, yes. yeah, when that happened happen? legit in the same hour. And I again was not on Twitter when that happened, and it was like, you know what? I'm go. I'm just gonna go back to vacation. I'm just not gonna let it ruin my 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 high. I'm. I told myself I was going to detach. And you want to know something even funnier? One of the trips we took in New England, and we'll wrap up with this. One of the trips we took in New England was we went to Foxborough so I could see Gillette Stadium and um, like give it the middle finger. And I got it. We got to Foxborough, like the home of the Patriots, when the news about the Jets' big free agent signing towards Achilles happened. So... I, I all at once I got to experience the Patriots Hall of Fame and you know the Jets probably sticking to mediocre again this season uh, and that is how we end <laughs> Spotify Green Room well, this Saturday. You know who's not mediocre? R.J. Barrett because R.J. Barrett's awesome and that's the last thing that I'm going to say on this Green Room. There you go. That's the craziest part is of the teams I root for, the Knicks have. Gone all the way to the top now for most dependable for a source of like stability and probably even like performance for the upcoming season. So we'll see. Um, Thank you everybody for tuning in for today's uh, Saturday morning green room. If you dig the show and you're listening on the podcast, please head over to iTunes, drop a five star rating and review. As John and I said, we'll try to be back here next Saturday a little longer so that way more of you can get up here. John, do you have anything before you go? No, just uh, I love everybody. Um, sorry, everybody hates <laughs> me sometimes, but uh, enjoy your Saturday. Stay healthy. And so, hold on. Is today Scarlett Ray's birthday? No, no, her actual birthday is uh, in September, but um, because of events yet to come, uh, we we will not be able to do her party in Long Island um, during September. So uh, we're we're getting it out of the way now, so she can have it with all of her her preschool friends. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, well, happy extremely early birthday. We want pictures on Twitter, yes. either from you or from D, of you doing the gymnastics <laughs> as well. And everybody, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next Saturday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.